Hey folks, this is the Serving the Peace Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Hardy. Josh is always rocking out to the intro music. Say hi, Josh. What's up? Hey guys, welcome to the program. <laughs> so we got quite a bit to talk about today. A lot of stuff going on. Um, we just had the vice presidential debates. Yes. Uh, I liked it. It was definitely a much more adult conversation. It was much more adult. It's much, much more, more what civilized. you expect, despite uh, Miss Harris's attempts to uncivilize it. <laughs> and what I'm referring to is, I wasn't like I'm not pushing responsibility towards her, but there were a couple times where she was very what I thought was condescending. Oh sure, like where she would raise her hand and be like, "No, I'm talking. I'm talking. Don't interrupt." Like it's almost as if she was expecting him to act more like Donald Trump. She was, and she was on guard mm-hmm. more like Donald Trump, and she was much more defensive, as if she was debating Donald Trump himself. Um, that's not necessarily Mike Pence. Mike Pence is a very different personality. He's a very reserved guy. He's very reserved, but he's very smart. And he, a lot of people, here's the thing. If you're a low information voter, you watch that, and I don't know what you got from it. I just don't. I can tell you. Okay, well, what do you think they got from it? <laughs> well, okay, so here's the thing. So the whole thing about a debate, to me, is the reality of it is, is you're not going to change most people's minds. Most people, if you've made up your mind, you're not going to change your mind. The debates and are shooting at the people who are either on the fence or who haven't made a clear decision. Mm-hmm. People who are like, well, I think I'm going to do this. You can still change that person's mind. And then, of course, you have the people who are like, I don't know what I'm going to do because they both suck, so uh, I really don't know. That's what debates are for. It, it To the, I don't know if I like that term, uninformed voter, just makes them sound... Well, not uninformed, so but maybe low information. Like okay, these, low information. To me, these are the low people, they're, they're not sitting no, down at the end of the day watching the news every night. You okay, know what I'm saying? Right. They, these are ones that get stuff from social media. They pick sure. up from friends. They okay. they hear things here and there, but they're listening to music on their way to work. They're not necessarily listening to news. They're oh, not me. To, okay, know, gotcha. Okay. So, me. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, I think what people like that got from this was that Harris came off very unlikable, very condescending, she, very... Um, smug yeah. I, I saw a lot of things to a lot of uh, articles and a lot of commentary a lot of comments uh in you know in the commentary section about how you know she's smart she would say things and then she'd have this really like cringy smirk on her face and people didn't seem to really like that so i don't think she came off well to the undecided voter no, and you gotta remember, this is a woman who didn't make it to the Iowa Iowa primaries. Yeah, right. I mean, she 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 wasn't likable to Democrats. Right. You know, she's pulling out less than one percent when yeah. she finally dropped out. Like she she just she never really did well. Yeah. Um, and what's sad about that though is the reason why she was picked as VP. Right. Well, if that's the reason she was picked as VP, which it probably was, then you're right. But on the flip side of that, however, Pence came off as vague and kind of. Um, not really answering questions like he was answering questions without actually answering questions so a lot of people didn't like that either so they both had definitely had some downsides as to how they came off to the undecided voters you see and i didn't get that like i mean yeah the smugness the appearance that that's all important and i actually was listening to an interview on a, on a different talk show where they're talking to a psychologist mm-hmm. he's he cheating was, on you folks did you hear that <laughs> to other shows yeah well i gotta get information and stuff like that so <laughs> Uh, so anyways, I was watching the show, and they were talking to a psychologist, and he, he was talking about the importance of that, like appearances. Mm-hmm. you know. And they said there are a lot of people who look at Donald Trump, and he's just repulsive to them because he's not yes. an attractive individual. You know, He, he is older. He's even well, for his age. Not even that. It's just his personality that is unattractive to people. Yeah, but, I mean, the appearances matter. Sure, oh, sure, um, yes. 
Pence, I, I didn't get that he was too vague, but then again, I, I wouldn't consider myself low information. Like, so I knew what he was talking about. So Did maybe in my the mind. smugness <laughs> in that. Jesus. But if you know what he's talking about and what he's referring to, you yeah. kind of fill in those blanks. If you had no clue, like you just don't watch the news uh-huh. and, you know, there's nothing else on. And you're like, I'm just going to watch this. So I feel informed. Okay. But, you know? but if that's the case and shouldn't you know that that's the, okay, you should know who you're audiences yeah and if you know that you're talking to the people who are less informed then you would don't want to be vague then you don't want to just mention things and just assume that they have all the information or have looked it up themselves you want to explain your point that's kind of how i feel about it here let me play a clip here this was a part that i thought was important and it was really funny too because i know she said more after this but i cut it off right where i did some fancy editing folks but um this is his words then she responds, and her first sentence out of her mouth is probably the worst thing you can say after what Pence said. Here, okay. listen to this. Francisco, when you left office, African Americans were 19 times more likely to be prosecuted for minor drug offenses than whites and Hispanics. True. When you were Attorney General you. of California, Thank you, you increased the, purport, the disproportionate incarceration of Thank blacks you. in California. Yeah. You did nothing on criminal yeah. justice reform in California. All you true. didn't lift a That's finger to pass the first step back on Capitol Hill. I mean, the reality is your record speaks thank for you, itself. President, President Trump and I have fought for criminal justice reform. Thank you, Vice President We've fought Pence. for educational choice and opportunities for African Americans, all of our members. Thank you, sir. And we'll do it for four Thank members. you. You know, there is no more important issue than the final issue that we're going to talk about tonight, and that is the issue of the election but, but itself. He attacked my record. I would like an opportunity okay. to respond. Let First respond. of all, having served as the Attorney General of the State of California, the work that I did is a model of what our nation needs to do and we will be able to do under a Joe Biden presidency. <laughs> so, okay. I mean, literally, oh, she, he, he attacks her record. She's yeah. like, hey, yeah, your, your record's pretty racist. You're 19 times more likely to uh, prosecute Hispanic or minorities and stuff. Yeah. Oh, you put them away for these drug charges that you're, that you're essentially um, campaigning against, and yet then you're going to turn around and say, this is what we should do nationwide. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it, she just didn't make a lot of sense. No, you, she, here's the thing. She sucks at debating. She does. Well, I think she sucks at just, you know, everything. Uh, <laughs> she wasn't a very good attorney general. She wasn't a very good DA in San Francisco. She basically just sucks. No, and, and you know, now she's basically, and, and here's, I, I, I know Josh that hates going down this route when it comes to racism and stuff like that, uh, or uh, minorities or issues with skin color and all that, but um, she was proud and celebrated as the first Indian woman to be elected to Congress. Is that true? I keep saying things that that's not true. I keep. Uh, I looked it up. Okay, so and like I saw, like, oh yeah, first Indian woman elected to Congress. Oh, first, wow, Indian, okay. you know, like, so I, I mean, is she black? So she's. I know her dad's Indian. She's Elizabeth Warren all over again. So she's she's using whatever. Does she have any African in her? I have no idea. I, I don't know. I thought she was like half black or quarter black or something, or something like that. Like I can't it remember. Doesn't really matter, but um, pick one and stick with it. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I. I so the other thing that bugs me is, you know, so it's kind of funny. So I was looking a lot at, you know, the uh, the debate breakdowns mm-hmm. and you have the conservative point of view and you have the liberal point of view. So I was trying to look at both and conservatives picked a lot on Kamala, uh, sorry, Kamala, Kamala Harris and, and the outright lies she told uh, yeah. she, the the facts, air quotes, people facts that she kept presenting that weren't actually true. Um, her record, uh, her blatant hypocrisy in her own record, talking about you know legalizing marijuana and then expunging records of those with marijuana charges, yet she put more 
minorities in behind bars for marijuana than a lot of than pretty much anybody and then laughed about the fact that she smoked marijuana in college so she's a massive hypocrite so conservatives really attacked all that stuff then you flip over and you start looking at things through the more liberal uh, I, uh viewpoint and liberals really attacked pence for the fact that there was a fly on his head <laughs> yeah the idiocracy is what nope. we call it you know yeah. just yeah when you got nothing else to go with because here's the thing, if you're, if you're going to debate, if you're, from a Democrat point of view, if you're going to debate the Trump administration, yeah. okay, here's things you can't touch. You can't touch foreign policy because he's done a great job. Can't really touch the economy. You can't touch the economy because it was great. doing great. But she, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. That was great, however, she said that they have been riding the coattails of Joe yes. Biden's success with the she didn't, Yeah, she didn't, she didn't mention didn't Obama. Give it she didn't give it, well, she did mention him, but she really gave the credit to Joe Biden yeah. for the, uh, even though during the Obama administration it was the slowest economic growth. And I'm, I'm like not going to beat a dead years. horse, but I proved on the last episode just using common sense and out of my own memory, you know, yeah. saying that, no, I mean, the, the stock market was crashing because they thought Hillary was going to win. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. and he made these decisions. And I've asked people that. I was like, ask, tell me, what specific policy or what specific law was passed during the Obama administration that led to this, that led right. to a failed economy yeah. until the next president? You know, yeah. and nobody can answer because the truth is he didn't do anything. He spent a lot of money and he, he brought up spent the national debt a lot. Well, he replaced the bowling alley in the White House with a basketball court. Oh, jeez. But the point is, is that when you have nothing really to pick on other than, okay, that a fly landed on his head. Oh, he must be full of shit because there was a fly on his head. Okay, it's funny. And there were some great memes all over the internet about it. Don't get me wrong. It I was hilarious. <laughs> you did post a few. They were hilarious. But when that's all you have to go on, doesn't that kind of prove that you got nothing? Yeah, exactly. You either got nothing or you're not paying attention. Yeah, you, well. So which one is it? So here's the thing. If they were smart, and even though I can I can talk about the COVID thing and, and Trump's response and everything like that, I mean, the truth is he did everything you could do in a pandemic because you mm. can't really do a whole lot with the pandemic. Um, but that's their best thing. That's their best leg to stand on right now. Yeah. All these people are dead. All That's what's going to oh, resonate. Yeah. You know 210,000 yes. people, and it's Trump's fault. Okay, that's the one thing that they could actually attack. And even though, you know, people who do the research and common yeah. sense and talk to your doctors, talk to your, well, you know what I'm saying? Let's talk about that 210,000 number real quick. Well, yeah, and that and the CDC saying that only 10% of that is actually six. just COVID. Is it six now? It was No, it was always six. It was 6%. 6% was just COVID. The other 94% were, okay, they died and they had COVID. It's unclear whether COVID was a mitigating factor. COVID may have made their uh, whatever they had worse, possibly, yeah. and that's why they died, or they could have just died because they were going to die anyway, kind of like the guy in the motorcycle crash, but anyway. Yeah, well, that's exactly how the flu works. We're never you know? gonna, we're never going to know the real number, That's the a, point. That's exactly never. how the flu works. You have someone who has weak lungs because they were smoking for 50-plus years, right. and then they get the flu that develops into pneumonia, and they die. Yeah. You know, like, that's... You know, that's how that always happens. Oh, side note story. Sorry, this was really funny. Uh, I was having this COVID conversation with somebody fairly recently, and I brought that whole thing up. And they're like, well, that's, you know, that's, that. who cares? That's not the point. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, well, it's like AIDS. No one's ever died from AIDS because you die from something else. And I'm like, that is the dumbest example I've ever heard in my life because well, AIDS literally attacks your immune system so something else kills you. COVID yeah. doesn't do that. COVID just overcomplicates. Well, but, I mean, it proves my point. No, it doesn't because it's incorrect. Yeah. Much like Pence said to Ms. Harris, you can have your own opinions, but you can't have your own facts. That was an amazing line. That was an amazing line. It was great. That, facts are facts. You can't make up your own shit and then just decide it's a fact. Yeah, the other great line he said, let's see if I have that it here. That was a good one. 
Or no, nah, I'm gonna have she to did. She did have a couple of good shots, though. I will give it to her. She, well, she like did I said, have some if, good shots. If they they keep hammering the COVID thing, and from their point of view, that's exactly what they should be hammering. Oh, you know, probably. Keep, well, keep up with else. that. The other thing that I really like that um, let's see if I can find it here. Just so I, I don't, don't want to misquote her nodding her head to her own. Like when it, it was funny because she must be a terrible poker player because she has so many tells. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. she that's smirks the, when she lies. Yeah, exactly. She, and then she nods her head like she's trying to convince you of her whatever bullshit she's, she's slinging. Now, Mike Pence nailed something on the head, and I, I was so glad he said it because I've been preaching it for a year. He said Joe Biden says that uh, that he believes law enforcement has an implicit bias towards minorities, which is funny mm. coming from Joe Biden if you know anything about his history. Racist. Uh, yeah, <laughs> law enforcement has an implicit bias towards minorities. Is a great insult to the men and women who serve in law enforcement, and that is true. Sure. Okay. The to, I mean, for me to be accused of treating someone differently because I pulled them over and they had a different skin color is just ridiculous. Yeah. So he also uh, Joe Biden has also come out recently and said uh, he made the comment that law enforcement supported me until this year. No. Yeah, no, they didn't, Joe. Uh, I hate to be the one to break it to you. Uh, law enforcement has really never supported you. Uh, you have never had the backing of law enforcement. You or Obama, really, have ever really had the backing of law enforcement. You may have had the backing of, like, some chief somewhere, just him, but not not the actual guys on the line. Yeah, you get political backing yeah, all the time. Like, back. you, yeah, you'll get sure. a sheriff who, if you've talked to the guy personally, you're like, man, this guy doesn't yeah. support anything this congressman That's did. like when the CDCR backed Newsom. But the sheriff will take that photo opportunity, shake the guy's hand, he's like, yeah, you're Absolutely, a great dude. Yeah. You know, like, I, I get it. It's, it's like when the CDCR backed Newsom. You think they actually support Gavin Newsom? You think the people that work for CDCR back back Governor Newsom? And by the way, if you work for CDCR and you truly do believe, uh, you believe that he was the best choice, email me and tell me I'm wrong. But the people working CDCR, no. No, they didn't. They're just like, well, you know, as a union, as a political organization, we know he's going to win. So to go against him would actually hurt us politically. So we're going to shake his hand and because that's the political thing to do. Yeah. Because you make those decisions for politics, not because you actually support that person. All right. Let's take a quick break. And then I want to jump into the current um, Trump derangement syndrome that we've been dealing with. What current? It's been going on for a while. And we're back. We are back. We are back. So, I want to talk about something very serious. It's something called TDS. Many Americans suffer from it. And there's no real prescription to cure it. Touchdown Sunday? I mean... No, it's Trump derangement syndrome. Trump derangement syndrome. It's, it's, It's very common amongst probably about half of Americans. Maybe not half, but a good portion of that half has probably has it. Um, and it's becoming a growing threat in our society where people are just upset and they're angry and it doesn't matter what truth is thrown at them, what facts or anything like that. They just they can't accept it if it comes from a certain orange president. <laughs> and they're really struggling with such yeah. things. Um, okay. I want to talk about somebody named Keith Olbermann. Many of you have heard this name. He's been well known for his uh, sports broadcasting on ESPN. He's gone to mainstream news. He's gone back to ESPN. Um, but he said something interesting. Um, <clears throat> a longtime sportscaster turned far and left pundit turned sportscaster. Keith Olderman is a far left pundit again, leaving ESPN for the fourth time in order to host a YouTube show dedicated to helping Democrat presidential candidate Joe Biden defeat President Donald Trump in the election. <clears throat> 
But Olbermann told his audience on Thursday that the battle extends far beyond Election Day and called for the president and his supporters to be prosecuted and convicted and removed from our society. Nice. <clears throat> for what? Uh, during his second show that aired Thursday, Oberman went on a tirade declaring that Trump can be and must be expunged. They hate he has triggered Pandora's box he has opened. They will not be so easily destroyed. This is him quoting. Um, so let us brace ourselves, he continued. The task is twofold. The terrorist Trump must be defeated, must be destroyed, must be devoured at the ballot box. And then he and his enablers and his supporters and his collaborators and the Mike Lees and the William Bars and Sean Hannity's all must be destroyed. Hmm. You know, when people say, you know, that, uh, oh, you know, we're headed for another civil war. Sometimes you want to look at them and be like, okay, dude. And then you read shit like that and you're like, oh, you know. That might not be too far from the truth. So, the, but it'll be fine because one side doesn't believe anybody should own guns. <laughs> well, there's yeah, that, that's the thing. And if you think of it as a civil war, like an open war combat, they uh, frankly they're not going to stand a chance, right? We have no, no, veterans, but it won't be. We that. have many cops. Yeah. We have many gun owners, hunters, stuff that, like that. Though. It won't be that. It's a war of ideas, and we see it differently. We see it on Google. I always tell people here, here's a great example. We always complain about climate change. There's lots of science, scientists publications, mm -hmm. studies, stuff that really goes against the idea of man-made climate change. You will not find those on Google. Okay? Yeah. If you put in climate change as a hoax, all you're going to find are quotes from President Trump saying it, or you're going to find articles making fun of conservatives or scientists yeah. or debunking things or whatever it is. Right? You will not find the actual studies from other scientists who are like, hey, yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like, Because Google filters that crap out. Yeah. Facebook does the same thing, right? They change oh, the algorithms. Yeah. YouTube does the same thing. They demonetize conservative voices. They change oh, yeah. the algorithms. So you have a hard time finding these videos. You have a hard time reaching your audience. People don't know this. I have, our Facebook page has 28,000 followers and is constantly growing, okay? We're getting more and more followers every week, okay? I have to pay now, they money. Now, translate to you, the listeners. I have to pay money to make sure that anything I post that's important can actually reach the people that follow our page. Basically, yeah. Okay. And it's not a, a cheap amount of money. If I pay 10 bucks, I might get our, our post to reach 300 to 1,000 people. Okay, if I pay 20 bucks, I might get 2,000 people to see our post. Okay, granted, I have 28,000 followers. Okay, but to get just those followers. Now, I have to pay a lot of money, not only just those followers, but those followers and the people that they follow. Right? Mm -hmm. So basically, them and their friends. All right? If you like the page and your friends. Um, but I have to pay a significant amount of money. If I want all my followers to, to see a post... Like maybe, uh, you know, like posting, hey, a new podcast is out, right? That's a common post I do. Yeah. Um, if I want all my followers to see it, I probably would have to spend about a thousand bucks, right? Facebook makes me do that. Why? Because I'm red flagged as a conservative place, all right? And I've yes. already been warned. Yeah. Okay, I've already been warned. I've already been told that, hey, uh, you've hosted Fox News, uh, the fake news. Um, this is the thing that pissed me off is that post that I got in more trouble for. My caption was, can anyone verify this? Yeah, and then they because it sounded it fake. It was a meme. Yeah, and it didn't. I, I wasn't sur sure well, if it was a, true or not. And I asked my followers, "Hey, can anyone verify this?" And they flagged it, say, "Nope, that's fake news." And now we're going to have less people follow your yeah, page. That's all that fact checker crap. Uh, so anything they don't like, it's fact checked, and it's you know, it gets this little flag on it saying, "Oh, uh, checked by independent sources, uh, not entirely true." I've seen direct quotes from people. Direct quotes. I heard the quote. Like, uh, yeah, and it's like, like I, okay, watched the I watched the speech. That is a quote that they said, fact check. Uh, not necessarily true. Wasn't what they meant. 
Well, that's not a fact. That's not a fact. That's not a fact. That's not a. That's, you're not checking a but fact. You're you, saying, hey, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not what they meant. But you, um, that's the thing, though. I mean, you, you look at who these fact checkers are. Like, one of them was a staff member for Hillary Clinton during yep. the campaign. Oh, they all Now works for Facebook. You know are. what I'm saying? They're all very biased. So, oh, you're super fact checkers. Biased. If you're going to have a fact checking, which I'm, I, I disagree with facebook doing that in the first place because i'm like look you, you guys are just a platform you know don't take responsibility no, for fake news nope, that, no, that was a huge no, that was no, a no. huge mistake no um but if you're going to have your fact checkers it should be a two-prong system and you should have someone who's a designated right right conservative whatever and someone who's your leftist on the other side and say okay you flag it send it to the other guy to look at it no you know what i'm saying and I'm just gonna, I'm and, and if both of you cannot agree that's fake news then you don't i'm gonna say this right now liked. facebook is not a platform it started out as a platform yeah. actually it started out a way to find girls but that, that's actually how facebook really started <laughs> um but it is no it is not a platform it is socialism it's actually an example of socialism mm-hmm. you don't pay for it you have no control over what happens and you have no privacy yeah yeah everything it's you a do. perfect example of socialism yeah I mean, if if, if you if you want to see a microcosm, a safe way to test this, uh, go to Facebook Marketplace. Yep. Search for something. Like for example, I was looking for a table for our podcast. Right. I wanted yeah. to get a new table. I wanted it to look nice. I wanted so I was looking at Facebook Marketplace. I was looking on Amazon, all this stuff. Now I go to Facebook Marketplace, and all I get is coffee tables, <laughs> dining room tables, yeah. you know, office tables. I get notification of something I looked at changed in price. Like it's it's crazy, right? Because the moment I type that in there, it, that's all that they gave me. You know. I, when I'm looking at Facebook just on my regular stream and I'm just my personal friends and stuff, I have to like everything I see. Yeah. Right? Even if I don't like it, I like it because I want that to continue in my algorithm because I want that person's post to continue to pop up on my feed. If you stop liking stuff, you're not going to see the post anymore. Yeah. Okay. You know what's, uh, what's really scary is when you're like me and you were sitting here talking about something and then all of a sudden on Facebook I start seeing ads for what we talked about. Oh, really? Like you, you, Did that you, just happen to you or no? No, but it's happened before. In <laughs> fact, I'm actually fairly certain that at some point I'm going to be scrolling through Facebook. I'm going to start seeing ads for coffee tables just because you and I mentioned it <laughs> in the presence of my phone. How about um, medication for Trump derangement syndrome? Like, <laughs> like, what's going to pop up? Like yeah. Valium or something? So for all those people out there who say, I'm not getting the vaccine because they're, they're going to put some tracking device in me. Guess what? Your tracking device is in your back pocket. Yeah, I don't understand that mindset either. No, I don't get that one either. Like, everyone's like, oh my gosh, coronavirus is so dangerous. It's killing us all. Trump's doing it. I'm not getting a vaccine. Yeah. Like, well, what, what, well, which is it, folks? Is it dangerous or is it not dangerous? I don't get that. Well, that's the question, isn't it? Uh, let's move on. Look, Trump derangement syndrome is still engulfing the country. And here's the thing it, what's tough is it's destroying families. Okay, yes. people are getting very emotional. They're getting very. Oh, so. I've had people tell me that you know they felt personally attacked because I commented on a post. Right. Yes. You know, and I'm just like, well, I, I, I I'm not trying to change your opinion. Sometimes you just need more. I, I have more information to offer yeah. you. Yeah. Okay, and and sometimes I'm like, yeah, that's ridiculous, and this like, is why. Hey, I disagree, but, and here's why I feel so attacked. But folks, look at look at truth like a stained glass window, and oftentimes we're all holding different pieces of it, right? But you can't always see the whole picture. Sometimes people have enough pieces where they can see part of the picture and they think what the rest of the picture looks like. Or mm-hmm. they think they have the, the whole picture. Okay? Somebody else may offer you that piece, that, that piece of glass. Right? They may offer you another piece of truth. Right? The idea is to get truth and to get as much information as we can. So why are we rejecting pieces of glass, so to speak, um, from just because we don't like who's giving it to us? 
You know, just because that cousin who's super liberal or super conservative is offering you, hey, there's more to the story, or hey, you should probably look at this article over here, why are we so angry about that? Um, why do we feel personally attacked? Because facts that disprove what I believe are hate speech, and hate speech is violence, so if you say something that, if you disagree with me, it means I can punch you in the face. Well, that's because what they you thought. can answer violence with violence. That's what they thought here in uh, Denver, Colorado. Okay, over this weekend. Ooh, yeah. So I don't know if you heard about this. One dead and two in custody yeah. for a fatal shooting in Denver near for a Patriot rally, an event dubbed the Patriot Muster. Oh, now it's a muster. That's what they call oh. it. The Patriot Muster rally, organized by John Tig Tegan, was held at 2 p.m. on Denver Civic Center Park. It's time we let these communist socialists know we have had enough. A description okay, well. of. Of the event read. That sounds a little militant. Then he says, fight back, push back, time to take our country back. Okay? Sounds violent. <clears throat> I mean, uh, that's what every Antifa rally says. So. Yeah, but now the uh, Denver has their own communist organization. Once the Denver communist organization caught wind of the rally, they scheduled a counter-protest called oh, the BLM anti They called it the BLM Antifa Soup Drive. I think I'd rather go to the Patriot Muster than the Soup Drive. <laughs> I don't know what kind of soup. I don't know either. I mean, I really like soup. Uh, according to them, they said, we scheduled our action after learning that the militia fascists had called a patriot muster against Black Lives Matter movement, anti-fascists, and Marxists. A spokesman for the Denver com uh, uh, communist said, that's us, guilty as charged and happy to oblige with our presence. Well, first off, none of that's true. Um, they didn't say anything about Black Lives Matter. They didn't say anything about Antifa. They just said communists. Uh, yeah. Um, are you saying well, Black Lives like Matter and Antifa are communist organizations? Is that what your is that what you as the communist organization of Denver, Colorado, is saying? Well, it kind of reminds me of that time where Trump said something about certain women in Congress or whatever, and the, those idiots from the squad were like, "He's talking about us." Yeah. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, that, yeah. <laughs> and he didn't actually mention them. Fracking um, morons. But here's the part that bothered me. Uh, here was a Twitter post from. Uh, uh, one of these communists, right? Mm. Hello from downtown Denver, where far-right militia groups are holding a rally. Far-left Black Lives Matter Antifa groups are holding a counter-protest nearby. Um, why Why is it that a rally that's not necessarily pro-Trump, but just pro-country and pro-patriotism and just saying, hey, we can love our country and we shouldn't lose it. We shouldn't burn the Constitution. We shouldn't rip the system down. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We're not saying it's perfect, but we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? We don't start all over again, just burn the system down and start again. Depends on the baby. Okay, why are these people called far right? I don't know, because everything is. Because Well, because they're far left. So this is what I've been saying for quite some time. It's extremism. It's extremism on both sides. It's But it's it's extremism pointing out extremism. It's, it's if you disagree with me and I'm an extremist, you must be an extremist too. So they outright said, oh, we're far left. So if you disagree, if you say anything we don't like, you're far right. Maybe it's, they're not far right. Maybe they're just in the middle. Yeah. So anyways, um, Denver, please. God love you guys. They were all out there. They set up fences to try and separate the protests, right? Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing: you, you sit out there, you present yourself as a target to somebody else. You're, you know, you're going to have confrontation. That's right? not even you're going to have all. This you stuff. know what? That's that's not even presenting yourself as a target. That is going out there directly to confront an opposing force. You're asking for trouble. You're, yeah, you're actually going out there trying to start shit. You're instigating. That's what a counter pro that's what a counter protest really is is an instigation. You are hoping that you can incite the other side to do something against you so that you can then stand there and say, "See, see, they're all violent and terrible, horrible people." When in fact you are the violent and this goes for both sides by the way, anyone who decides to do a counter protest, you are the one inciting any the issue. 
Okay. Yeah, exactly. Let them protest. Let them say whatever they want to say. If you disagree, disagree, but do it from afar. Just let them get their their say out there. Everyone deserves their say. If you want to be a Marxist communist and sit there and tell me that the socialist utopia is the way to go, well, you're an idiot. But you know what? You have every right to say that dumb shit. Yeah, and I, this always reminds me of something that happened years ago when I was a kid. My my dad had an acquaintance. I think it was like a neighbor or something, and there was a gay pride parade going on. Mm-hmm. And the neighbor or the acquaintance was like, man, I don't know why they have to do that stuff. Blah, blah, blah. You know, just kind of like slightly bigotry. You know, like I don't know how they have, why they have to flaunt in front of everybody. And my dad kind of looks at the guy. He's like, well, don't go. Right? <laughs> you know, he's just like, if, if don't you go. don't like it, don't go. You don't. Yeah. Nobody's telling you you have to go and yeah. watch the parade. You don't have to stand there and watch it. Yeah. Like, well, just don't go. You know. And my dad's a very loving and fairly tolerant individual. So he's just he just looked at the guy. He was like. Then don't go, moron. <laughs> right? You know, like, Which is exactly what you, know? you should should or should not do. Yeah, I'm not. If it, you don't like it, don't do it. Yeah, Black Lives Matter, the organization is fairly anti-cop. I mean, if I show up in uniform, they're probably going to come at me. Oh, yeah. You know, if I show up out of uniform and say, hey, I believe Black Lives Matter, but they find out I'm a cop, guess what? I, my opinion doesn't matter until I quit, and I'm still they're still going to come at mm-hmm. me. You know, that's, that's my experience. That's what I've seen happen. Well, Black Lives Matter as an organization is a Marxist communist organization dedicated to the destruction of America. That is only, that is what they have said. That yeah. is what they have proven. And the only mo- thing they do is raise money for Democrat politicians. That's all they do. In fact, I saw something recently um, that uh, I think it was Candace Owens who said it. And I, I'm paraphrasing, so I don't remember the exact quote. It was, Black Lives Matter as an organization is the most racist organization on earth because it is a bunch of old white men collecting your money to give mm-hmm. to other old white people in order to tell black people how to live. Yeah. Yeah, and then I know, like that is the perfect definition. Yeah, and what's the rhetoric? The rhetoric is, oh, the system, the whole system's racist to yeah. keep you down. Please vote for me, I can fix it. Yep. Okay. Oh, there's white privilege that's keeping you down. Vote for me so I can fix it. Yeah. And I love that it's oppression. I, I, wait, it's, and, it's, and, it's and oppression. Here's what I love. Here's what I love like Joe Biden. Okay, perfect example. The system has always been rigged against you. Dude, you've been the system for 40 years. Yeah. So aren't you the one who's been doing it? Why haven't you done something before? What's he famous for? The 93 crime bill? Oh, yeah. What's he famous for? Uh, Saying that you don't want your kids to go to a a desegregated school because it would be an ethnic jungle. Joe Biden is a racist. Oh, but that was was a long time ago. People change. Well, um, that thing you hate that Trump said, that was a long time ago. Well, people don't change. Hey folks, everyone has that person in their life who seems a little harder to buy for than anyone else. But before you settle on yet another gift card, check out Beyond the Branch Designs in Northern California. They do custom wood carved home decor like flags, badges, and display holders. Reach out to my new friends Lisa and Mike, branchdesigns99 at gmail.com or 530-301-4420. And we're back. So Joe Rogan uh, recently made headlines because he decided he was going to uh, move from California. Get the hell out of Dodge. Okay, just he's paying too much in taxes. His business oh, yeah. is becoming. Uh, he has a very successful podcast. He, his business is becoming more and more successful. He's having to have more and more employees. He's, Joe Rogan has a podcast. Well, allegedly, <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't Her. dare listen to it if I you know, listen to ours. It's kind of weird. But anyways, so um, he's he's moving to Texas, right? Yeah. He's he's catching that red bug. Now Joe Rogan has always been uh, historically more left leaning. Uh, I would call him a real centrist, though. Well, cause... he's coming back, and I think he's more centrist, and I think he's starting to lean more right. Yeah. Um, 
I like I heard you know he's done interviews with more conservative mainstream guys before mm-hmm. and you know and he doesn't necessarily disagree. No, you know, I think no. he, he's starting to come around a lot. But it kind of goes to this Trump derangement system. But because he's more of a centrist and leaning right, uh, leaning right, I should say, um, he struck up this deal with, po- or with Spotify. Mm-hmm. So he's going out to Texas. He's building this new studio, or I think he has his new studio or whatever going on already. Uh, he's moving his whole business, his whole little franchise out there. And Spotify offered him like a big multi-million dollar deal. Yeah, you know, put your podcast on our platform, blah blah. blah. And so he was taking them up on it. Well, immediately. The employees at Spotify got angry. Oh, I heard about this. And yes. they demanded um, leverage to edit or censor his podcast. Yeah, they wanted basically they wanted the ability to censor his podcast, which this and these aren't like the executives. These aren't like the people making the decisions. These are the employees of Spotify saying, "Oh no, if you bring this person over to the company we work for, uh, we want the ability to censor his podcast." And they said they're going to strike. Yeah, or they'll strike. Uh, which to me would be like, oh, so you're, what you're saying is you want to quit? Yeah, so you're quitting? You're quitting? Is that what okay. you're saying? Because, you see, there's something called a First Amendment. Right. And he has a podcast where he's expressing his First Amendment. Yeah. And some people want to listen to what he has to say. And we're paying a bunch of – people are paying to listen to what he has to say. And we want them to be paying us. Let, let, me, let me let you understand how, how business works. We pay him so we can make money. Yeah. If we're censoring him and less people are listening to him, we will make less money, but we still have to pay him the amount that we told him we'd pay him. And if he's bringing more people to our platform, right? If he's bringing more people to our platform, getting more use, he's making a lot of money for them. I'm curious to see where Spotify goes with this, though, to see if they they kowtow to their well, employees he, he'll cancel his contract oh he will he doesn't need them no he doesn't he doesn't okay, we don't use spotify i use a whole different platform yeah and they put me on spotify so we're on spotify yes okay we're on podcast our apple yeah. podcast we're on spotify we're on a um, bunch of others too um i can't remember all of them but iHeart radio yeah i heart radio and stuff like that so uh, law enforcement a, today podcasting yeah network. we're, we're networked with them as well um, you know, but that's the thing is you don't need a specific one. No, you okay? really don't. If Apple Podcasts came to me and said, yeah. "Hey, look, you know, we want to make a strike deal with you. We're we're just exclusive with you, with yeah. you." Okay, and they start doing things like, "But we're going to censor you. We're going to do X, right? Y, and no. Z." I'm going to be like, "No, I can't do that." But see, and here and here's the thing: Spotify didn't buy his podcast, so they don't own it. No, they can't do anything. They can't sit there and be like, "Oh, by the way, you have to say this." And the most he can say is, you know, I'm sure he's got to plug their shit. Every now and then. Yeah. But that's about it. It's basically like a sponsor. It's kind of not really a sponsorship deal as much as like, hey, we're going to pay to move you. We're going to pay you. We're going to pay all this stuff. And I think it's specifically on Spotify. So I think you'll only be able to listen to it on Spotify now. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the deal. But they're not going to be able to. No, there's no way he's going to let that happen. Yeah. There's no way. You'd have to be pretty exclusive. Like right now, I would not take any type of deal like that where I'm just exclusively on one platform. Like well, there's no I mean, way I would do it. It depends on how many zeros are in that check. Well, okay, let's just throw that out there. If maybe, there are a lot of zeros in that check. But let's say YouTube came to us and said, hey, we want to put your podcast on YouTube. and We want to do a full YouTube show with yeah. you guys. Well, that's fine. But the moment we start saying things they don't like, they could demonetize us and we're, boom, we're done. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you give them a, a large amount of leverage where it's like, well, if, if we're getting big enough to that point where these companies are coming mm-hmm. to us, I don't need the company. True. You know, I don't, I don't need them. You know, depending on to, how many zeros you're going to put on that check. <laughs> so, companies, I am accepting yeah. all offers at DTP at USA.com. Yeah, so. I get really tempted when it's enough money to pay off my mortgage. I'll tell you that right now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah. so, another name that comes up often, uh, we've we brought him up on our show as one of those hit or miss guys, where every once in a while he says some little gem where it's like, dude, I think he's starting to get it. And then he goes back down and he's crazy wire mm-hmm. uh, Bill Maher. 
Um, yeah, he has his moments, and he then he has his moments, and it's it's not even like oh, on one show he said this, and it's like wow, great. On the other show, he's on the next show, it was like oh, okay, well that's stupid. No, it's like minute to minute. Yes, and he said some crazy things like where well, he will be quick to condemn pedophilia unless it's an older woman and a younger boy. Yeah, then he's like, oh, they're just destroying love. You know, he said yeah. stuff like that before. So this is also the same guy who said that if we have to destroy the economy in order to get Trump out of office, well, yes. then hey, if some businesses have to go under, that's just the way it is. But he he's one of those guys that he's looking at what Joe Rogan's doing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Ben Shapiro's right behind him. Oh yeah. You know, ben Sh- be- you know, I'm surprised he hasn't gone already. I think he did. I think he's already made the move. Oh yeah. I think so, Ben already made the move. So now he, you know, I, call, I know, I know him personally. So now Bill Maher uh, brings on Adam Schiff onto his show, <laughs> and he confronts him about this. Yeah, he said because of, uh, or this is what the article is saying: because of exorbitant taxes and draconian coronavirus restrictions, people and businesses have been moving out of California. The exodus yeah. out of California has been happening for years, at, as the cost of living has become too expensive for many. On this week's Real Time with Bill Maher, the host complained about the mass departure. Mm-hmm. Okay, he straight up confronted Adam Schiff. And he said, I don't know what I'm getting for my super high taxes. Well, right. The truth is, if you're rich in California, you're getting nothing. You know, no, you're getting, you're you're getting, getting flack. Yeah, you're getting absolutely nothing yeah. for your taxes. Because the truth, our, our roads suck. So you can't even argue roads that. Suck. You can't even argue that. Like, well, oh at least my, my sports car. Are, are yeah, on, what happened to the uh, couple billion dollars that were supposed to go to the... Oh, that's right. It went to the bullet train. Oh, it went, to green, train. it went to green investments, oh, too. Green yeah. investment. You know the bullet train, those three pylons in Fresno? That have cost for like four trillion dollars. Yeah, that. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so on Friday night, Bill Maher wanted to, uh, well, for lack of a better term, he wanted to bitch a little bit about the mass exodus out of California. Right? He did so during his real time interview with Representative Adam Schiff, who's a great guy to just. I don't know, Adam Schiff's always, he's really creepy. He's the one with the big wide eyes. Yeah, big bug eyes. Uh, he said California businesses are leaving the state in droves and, and just in t- 2018 and 19, which were economic booms, boom years, 765 commercial facilities left, 13,000 uh, between 2009 and 2016. So 13,000 businesses left mm-hmm. between um, 2009 and 2016 left California, 765 left even, even during economic booms. Yeah. Okay, the California you're, – you're choking out the state. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, you're choking out the state. And when these businesses leave – their message is usually either A, don't talk about it, or B, oh, well, they're just selfish. Yeah. Or my personal – well, so what it is is that California is under the rather inane uh, idea that, oh, well, it's fine because we still have Silicon Valley. And Silicon Valley will keep us, will keep us afloat forever. They used to think that about Hollywood. Yes, they did. And what did most, of, most of Hollywood is kind of moving out of L.A., well, I mean, they don't even film there. You know, all the pedophiles are still in L.A. They don't get well, wrong there. Way. But I mean, but the 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 acting, like they don't film anything in L.A. Uh, damn near anything. If your wife watches the DIY Network, if you notice, a lot of those shows take place either in the Midwest. Oh yeah. Or they take place in Canada. Absolutely. Okay, because when you film mm-hmm. in a, in, on location, you're subject to the tax laws of that mm-hmm. location. Okay. That means the employees you hire, all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. They actually found Duck Dynasty, right? Really popular show on A and E. They found that show because they went there looking for a show to film. Yeah. Okay, they were looking for something to film because it was so much cheaper. They had recently cut all those taxes. They eliminated all those regulations pertaining to the film industry, I think in Tennessee, right, is where they're at. Uh, They eliminated all that stuff. And so they went there looking for a show, and they Mm -hmm. found uh, the, the Robinson family. Yeah. Okay, and then they had a wildly successful show. These guys promoted their franchise. I mean, these guys had products. They still have products in Walmart and everywhere else. You know what I'm saying? They, they built it into a billion-dollar franchise, all because of taxes, and they're just looking for something, someplace where they could film cheaper. Almost every show on the CW is filmed in Canada. Almost every single one. 
Yeah. Uh, the Arrow before it was uh, before it ended. Flash. All those uh, you know superhero shows. Every single one of them filmed in Canada. Supernaturals filmed in mm-hmm. Canada. All of the CW shows are filmed in Canada. Yeah, so if you got a, a medium to large business mm-hmm. here in California and you're like, look, I can do business anywhere. Like, I can, if it's especially if it's like a warehouse style where you're like, oh, hey, sure, we're producing yeah. a product, we're shipping it out. They're like, I don't have to be in California. Nope. I can go to Texas, have the same business. I can go to Nevada and have the same nope. business. I can Tesla's go to, talking about Montana, leaving Montana, have the same business. Yeah, Tesla's talking about leaving. Yeah. You know, you, you know, the only thing that's really saving California at this port is the LA and Oakland ports. Basically, yeah. You know, because they have all that shipping, all that overseas mm-hmm. stuff comes in through California. So a lot of businesses will stay here because they're, that's where they're getting their products, you know, a lot of assembly yeah. plants. But even them, you know, they'll say, well, I'll just go to the East Coast. Silicon you know, I'll Val- go someplace. It's not the only ports around the nation. Yeah, Silicon Valley is eventually going to leave too. Eventually, yeah. Eventually, because well, ultimately, I don't give a shit how much the company touts itself off as, you know, socially conscious or socially aware, whatever the hell the stupid term is. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're a business, okay? And when you realize that you could be making, doing the exact same thing in another state, making hundreds of millions of dollars more just because of the fact that you're paying less in taxes, you're going to move. Yeah, exactly. That's going to happen. It's going to happen eventually. Well, it's happened to friends of mine. I, 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 I know so many cops... The retirement plan is to retire in California, take my California money, and go out of state. Oh, uh, that's mine. Yeah, it's mine. That's I mean, that's probably every every See, cop listening to this show. That's probably all of theirs. That's a lot of people's retirement plan. Take my pension from California yeah, and, and spend my money yep. elsewhere. Okay, and think about Cal. Think about CalPERS in California. Okay, you're paying people who are retired in California from government. You're paying them their pensions plans, and they're spending it elsewhere. Yep. They're not reinvesting in your economy. You're not getting your money nope. back at all. It's absolutely just right. And Governor Newsom was actually trying to fight that. He was trying to get them to oh, pay yeah. California taxes. Yeah, they've been trying to do that for years where, oh, well, if you retire and move to another state, you still have to pay California taxes. Mm, good luck with that. Yeah. Hey, folks, the amount of love and support we've gotten for this podcast has been truly humbling for us. And if you love this podcast, I'm sure you know someone else who would love it too. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe as well. All right, and we're back. Uh, so we've been talking a lot about Trump derangement syndrome and stuff like that. And there's there's a little bit of derangement syndrome that's happening in the media, too, because there's a big question coming because Democrats and liberal voters want to know the answer to this because this is something they want. Uh, middle of the road, people don't really want this. Uh, people on the right really don't want this. But we sure as hell want the answer. Yeah, we definitely want to know the answer. And uh, will Joe Biden, if he gets elected, stack the court? Oh, he will. Now, what does that mean? We're talking about the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And what that means is adding more justices right because the majority are now conservative leaning as we discussed on previous podcasts your politics really if you pick the right judge politics don't play a role yeah uh they should never play a they're role. not supposed to they're not supposed to but they do so they're looking at all these justices and like oh crap uh anything we do that's really far left is going to get rejected yep because it's unconstitutional um, generally yeah yeah which is what we yeah. conservatives like that's the whole nature of being a conservative so democrats want to stack the deck so they want to stack it but they keep asking biden directly will you stack yeah. it will you stack and it? and he evades it yeah, he evades it. And so um, this reporter kind of corners him in Las Vegas, and he's like, hey, well, you know, are you going to do it? And he doesn't really answer. And he says, well, sir, don't voters deserve to know? Like, don't we know? Don't We oh, deserve yeah. to know the answer to this. And he comes out, and he says, he's clearly irritated. He says, no, they don't. I'm not going to play this game. He loved me to talk about it. I don't know who he is. I guess right? he's talking about Trump. He uh, loved me to talk about it, and I've already said something on court packing. He'd love that to be discussed instead of what he's doing now. Okay, so he's basically dodging his – here's yeah. the if I went to somebody what? and I accused them of something and they don't deny it, but they won't say they did it either, that's usually just they're admitting it. Well, it depends, right? on, I mean, depends on what it is, but in this case, I'm going to say yes. But the other thing is that is this. 
You are running for the highest office in the United States. You are running for what some people, many people in the past have, call, have called the most powerful position in the world. Yes. And then you're going to say that the American people don't have a right to know what you think about a political issue? So what's your plan? I just want to know what your plan yeah. is. You know, so you plan to stack it? When Harris time? was asked this outright on the VP debate, she had that shit-eating grin on her face <laughs> and refused and just didn't answer. Just sat there. Just, hmm, I can't even, I can't even copy that stupid grin. But it really irritated, it irked a lot of people. Yeah. And they just refused to answer. They refused to answer, and it means one of two things. A, the answer is no, but they don't want to say that because it'll piss off the liberals and the people who are supporting them. Mm-hmm. B, the answer is yes, and it'll scare the shit out of the middle of the road, somewhat centrist Democrats, because they don't want that either, and they'll lose votes. Yeah. And this came this came when she was um well she blatantly lied about Abraham Lincoln in the in the I mean she misquoted. Well not she let me it no, wasn't no, the quote let, that I have Let me rephrase with. that. She made up a quote. She basically <laughs> said that Abraham Lincoln said that well we're we're going to wait to appoint somebody oh, yeah. because we're going to let the people decide who the next yeah, president's going to be and stuff like that. That wasn't true at all. Um the problem the, the reason why that wasn't true is because Congress wasn't in session. Yeah. Okay. And again, the founding fathers saw the Supreme Court as the least threatening. Mm -hmm. All the way up until the 60s, the Supreme Court was a very minor thing. It was just kind of a chore that the president had to do, but nobody thought twice about it because there was nothing really political about it. You you find a guy, you interview him, like, yeah, you'll be good, let Congress look at you, you know, and that'd be the end of it. Okay, it wasn't different during Abraham Lincoln's time. Okay, it wasn't that important, and Congress wasn't in session. Now, why is that important? Because it's 1864. Right. Okay, Congress is not in session, and it takes weeks to get them in session. Yeah. So if he says, okay, let's call let's call him in because this is important. Let's go ahead and do this before the election. Okay, yeah. you're talking about you have to send out all these telegrams. You have to send out all these posts. You have to send out these writers. These guys, some of these guys took two or three weeks just to get home Right. You know, from Congress. There's a reason why Congress has a tradition of taking long breaks. Okay, is because when these guys were dismissed, they had they had a long ways to travel, and on top of that, they weren't paid back then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, that's not true. They were. They were. They were paid. Well, no. per, they were paid per diem. Well, they're paid. Oh, they're paid per yeah, diem. Yeah, they were paid per diem. They were only paid while they were in. I think it was Abraham. I think it was that administration that started doing that because I think no, that, 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 no, that was always from the beginning. From the beginning, from you the, sure. That, from the beginning. Anyways, they had no salary. Yeah, there was no salary. They so, were only paid while they, they were in. They had these long breaks because part of that was go home and make your money. Yeah, go <laughs> you home, know, tend to go, your farms go and shit. Go to your farms you know, and stuff. Go, go and do whatever, practices, what whatever. And that's actually how they bought boats from guys too because they would offer them jobs. Yeah. Like the, I remember if you watch that movie Lincoln, there's actually a great scene where they're going around to, to, to on the fence voters mm-hmm. uh, in Congress, you know, about about freeing the slaves. You know, you have these on the fence guys who are like, you know, they they might be a, a Republican in a very Democrat area or something like that, and they're basically bribing them. Mm-hmm. And one was basically the guy saying, "Hey man, we'll make you the postmaster in this area because it would be a job for him to do because yeah. they weren't getting paid." Was that, that was that before or after he was fighting the vampires? Oh, Maybe we Josh. watched two different Abraham Lincoln movies. Oh, Josh, 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 Josh. What? Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter was a good movie. I can't even finish that with a straight yeah, face. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you read the book? No, I saw the movie. Oh, and it was craptastic. Uh, but no, so, you know, it was funny when, when Harris was uh, saying all this garbage about, you know, Lincoln saying that. She, she was doing that exactly what I said earlier. She was sitting there. She was saying, oh, well, Lincoln said that he w- shouldn't do it. And he wasn't going to do it until after the election. She's nodding her head the whole time trying to convince the audience that this is true. He never said anything. Anything like that? Not, none of no comment to that effect was ever made. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, yeah. From, and like I said, from what I could tell, at that period of time, Congress was not even in session anyway. Yeah. So it, it should I make it? What is that? 
Oh my god. Sounds like you sidestepping the thing I wanted to talk about again. Oh my god. No, it sounds like it's time for news from Florida, Josh. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, you gotta love the dueling badges. Oh my gosh. So, apparently there's people in Florida that just, they have my dream job. Okay, they, they have my dream job. Male prostitution is a thing everywhere. Well, yes, but in Florida, uh, they call them snake hunters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just kidding. That still fits. Um, I'm sorry. Ooh, yes. That was uh, great. That was great. We did not plan that, by the way. No, uh, but some snake hunters have captured a massive uh, Burmese python in Florida that is the largest specimen of this invasive species ever caught in the state. Wow. Oh, the, in the state. Okay. Yeah. So the Florida Fish and Wildlife uh, Con- Conservation Commission said the snake measured 18 feet and 9 inches in length. Damn. Yeah. Enough to swallow my producer. That's Yeah, easily. That yeah. is a big snake, man. 18 feet. 18 feet. feet. So, but Oof. the cool thing, though, is who wants to get paid to go around just that's hunt like, and the species? Three of, that's like three of me. That. In fact, that is three of me. Thank you, Josh. Thank you for that visual. Yeah. People, it's, it's equal to three Joshes. It is three of me. That's yes, right. Three Joshes. Not, um, not in width, obviously. <laughs> Just length. Uh, <laughs> so here's a crazy story. Uh, one thing that Josh and I are actually going to be doing is we're going to prepare a Halloween special. Last year we actually told yes. real-life ghost stories mm-hmm. uh, that him and I are experiencing, um, that we've experienced in our lives and stuff like that. Obviously, I don't want to just retell the same stories. No, not at all. Um, they might get brought up. But actually, this year I want to talk about serial killers and murders. Awesome. Yeah, so I really want to get into some stories about either unsolved murders yeah. or some cool serial killer stories. Because you know, there's actually a lot of serial killers that aren't really talked about. I mean, you talk about the big ones, you know, your Gacy's and your um, can't remember the other guy, the guy that ate people. Uh, yeah. Your your Zodiac, you know, the, the mm. big ones that name the, the big names out there. But there were others out there. Oh, there's the a lot. There's a lot out there's there. There's a lot. Yeah, because what really makes a serial killer? Like what like makes one guy a serial killer and not the other? It's just a uh, yeah. It's 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 a pattern. Well, really. and they're hard to catch because they don't really know their victims. That's why they usually catch them by profiling. Yeah. yeah. Because they profile like, well, this guy's only killing blonde women, so mm-hmm. maybe he's X, Y, and Z. Maybe he had an issue with his mom. You know, like there, yeah. there's that TV show about the FBI profilers. That's actually, I mean, the TV show is silly, but there, there's the real. There really is a lot made of it way, made it seem way more exciting than it really was. Yeah, it made a much, much. The FBI profilers are way more involved in the cases than they usually are. So yeah, no shit. Um, so, anyways. Uh, speaking of murder, so a Florida man was arrested after a killing uh, that he did eight years ago. Uh, what made the story stick out to me is when he murdered the dude, he set the dude on fire, starting with the man's genitalia. Ooh. A Florida man was arrested eight years after the murder of another man in the campground in the Florida Keys. A cold case has come to a close had come to close after nearly a decade, according to the Monroe County Sheriff's Office. Hugh Timothy Blayton, 54, was arrested Friday for the murder of Ronald Sylvia. Sylvia was a 65-year-old when his body was found in a burning camper at the Sea House or Seahorse Campground in January, in, in January of 2012. The investigators determined the fire had been started on Sylvia's genitalia area after he had already died. Autopsy results showed Sylvia oh. Sylvia had been beaten and strangled to death. Dead. So here's what's interesting, though. So Blayton and Sylvia uh, were romantically involved. Um, he was. Uh, Basically, something about sharing a picture of the other one's genitalia on the internet. Hmm. So basically, he had a picture of him and yeah, yeah, yeah. shared it on the internet. So he got upset about it, ended up beating him to death. Uh, then he lit him on fire, starting with the genitalia, because I guess that's. Well, I that, mean, that's what he's mad about. So yeah. might as well, you know. So, fire crotch. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's a derogatory term where I come from, young man. <laughs> I know where you come from. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. 
So yeah, I mean that 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 was interesting to me because I'm like, oh, that's a terrible way to go. But he didn't go that way. He was already well, dead. Well, it started right there. So I mean, I mean talk about personal. Yeah, oh, that's super personal. You know what I'm saying? You want yeah. to talk about profiling a crime, talk about personal. That's, per- that's super personal. Okay, when you start there, either that or when you start flipping people over, covering up their face, right, ha- yeah, hacking yeah. out their face. The guys who got stabbed 80 times instead yeah. of the three times that was required. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. There's little things that you could really kind of break down a profile oh, based sure. off how someone was killed. And here's another one that's pretty Florida. Uh, it's also probably a lot Mississippi and Georgia and a few others. <clears throat> A Florida man was arrested Monday after allegedly brandishing an AK-47 rifle and firing a warning shot at the U.S. census worker. Oh, wow. That is just old school. Yeah. Michael Cooper, 32, is accused of threatening census uh, taker Johnny Sweeney. Deputies responded to the Cooper's home uh, after he called 911, uh, reporting that uh, he had shot uh, around into the air. According to the incident report, neighbors said that Sweeney was wearing a U.S. Census Bureau badge, which was clearly identifiable on the lanyard around his neck and when he approached Cooper sitting on the porch of his home. The census taker also identified himself as a federal worker and his marked vehicle was marked out front, indicating he had come from nationwide county, or count, from, I can't speak right now, from the nationwide count of the U.S. president. Okay, or U.S. resident, my bad. Uh, Cooper reportedly yelled at Sweeney to leave, went into his home, returned with the weapon, and fired a shot in the air. But here's the thing. Now, it's always very stereotypical for it's the county tax guy. Yeah, the revenuer. Revenuer. Yeah, we're going to come and put a lien on your property. You don't pay your tax, all this stuff. This is just a census worker, man. Right? Well, okay. I I do have to ask the question. I'd love to ask that question to that person. When he first told you to leave, did you leave? Or did you try to sit there and make an argument with the old man out in the country? Because (laughs) when those people tell you to leave... Go. Yeah, it's usually not a good because idea. Because you know, there is a certain point where you are trespassing after they've told you to leave. Doesn't really matter why you're there. Well, here's the other thing too. I mean, if if you feel like the person's threatening and they're angry and you're like, look, I have a legit case here. I just need sure. to see how many people live in the house. It is you know, not that critical. Yeah. Well, don't get shot over it. Is my point. Yeah, you're gonna get a boss that's gonna bug you or something like that. So, but anyways, yeah, like it's not worth getting shot over. But you know no. what? It's also not a big deal to have the local county sheriff or somebody come out and be like, hey, can you guys do a civil standby? This guy's acting violently. Right, yeah. me, and I just have one or two questions I need like, to I ask. I just got to go out there. You know, because that's, that's how it works. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to say, oh, you mean old Bob? Hey, let me just tell you right now, there's three people that live in that house and let that one go. Yeah. Get out, <laughs> out of the box. Because I have a friend that actually is working as a census worker. Oh, do you? Yeah. And she said that a lot of these, she can just... The cases that she gets are basically the people that don't respond. Ah, gotcha. So she was assigned to the area around Lake Tahoe, and she looked at a lot of these, and he's like, these are all vacation homes. Oh. This is why no one's responding. Nobody, nobody lives, lives there. there. Yeah, nobody lives there. And so she would go and knock on doors. Nobody's there. She'd talk to a neighbor or something like that. But she was able to call around and call, like, county um, – call – I forget what it is. Basically, she's able to call certain bureaus within the county yeah. government that can say, oh, no, no, that's a vacation home. There's no primary residence there or whatever, yeah. you know, because they already know right. uh, based off uh, addresses and stuff like that. But anyways, yeah, there's a lot of stuff you can solve. And, and yeah, call the sheriff and be like, hey, right. are you guys familiar with this address out here? Yeah, who lives there, blah, blah, blah. Because there's only ne- so much necessary information yeah. you need. So, all right, folks, this is the Serving the Peace podcast. Um, thank you for joining us. By all means, like this podcast, share it. Josh, is there some point that you're so – you keep giving me a look like there's something I keep skipping. No. You sure? I'm good. All right, folks, if you want to reach out to the show, DTP at USA.com, DTP at USA.com. If, why are you guys giving me that look? I'm not giving you a look. We're not giving you a look. Okay. Oh, uh, uh, my producer and I are actually going hunting. Oh, that's I'm, right. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. So hopefully, that. yeah, next episode we'll have a hunting update. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, yeah. I did not get a – I only got a single zone tag this year, and that 
zone happened to be the one that was lit on fire. Yeah, Josh, uh, Josh ate tag soup despite our efforts. Yeah, I, so... I do take responsibility for that one because again, the, the that's deer that well, the deer that Marissa missed should have been your shot. Yeah, it's fine. I think that should have been your shot. Happen. It was closer to well, I should have bought a D zone tag when I bought my A zone tag. Are they Just sold out yet? They, oh, they've been sold out. They've been sold D-zone out. D-Zone sold out. Oh, okay. So I should have done it in the beginning and just had both just as a backup. I just didn't want to spend the money because I'm cheap. Broke, yep. cheap, whatever. Um, so, yeah, if you guys could have more people listen to this so we can make some money so I could just hunt more. <laughs> just based on that. All right. So if you want to email our producer, that's going to be therooster2007 at gmail.com. Therooster2007 at gmail.com. Apparently he doesn't like that. If you want to email Josh, it's tagsoup at yahoo.com. <laughs> that's tagsoup at yahoo.com. Add salt, buddy. It goes down easier. Nice. 